Hi folks, welcome to episode 12 of Feelin' Lit. I'm your host, Christine Bohm, and this evening we're joined by a true duchess of directing here on the island. You may have seen her work ranging from the Carriage House Players in Centerport to Studio Theatre in Lindenhurst to Bare Bones Theatre in Northport. She's rocking just about every straight theatre house there is on the island, and I'm jealous of uh, where her work spans. Anyone who has worked with her can attest to her supreme attention to detail and focus on every single character's journey. It's my delight to introduce Lynn Antonovich. Hi, Lynn. Hi, girl. Thanks Dr. for hanging Dr. out. Directing, I would love a t-shirt. <laughs> that whole blurb right on the back. Yep. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Should we dive right in? Yeah, let's do it. Right on. So when did you get your start in theater, A, and then B, theater on the island scene? Okay. So I was a little late to the party. Um, I started as a dancer, and I only danced up until about high school. And I was very serious. Um, I really wanted to be professional. Mm-hmm. And I hit puberty and realized I wasn't built like all the other dancers. Sure. And very serious kid, and this, this destroyed me. So I, I went to my mother and I said, I don't, I don't know what to do. And she, without missing a beat, just said, well, you'll just learn how to act and you'll learn how to sing and you'll do musicals. And that's what I did. So I did musicals through high school. And I then took a, a theater tech class um, teaching me about, you know, how to build sets and, and things like that, who was run by my high school drama teacher, Rich Russo. Um, and at one point we had to read a scene and he said, why don't you try an audition for the play? And I never looked back. So that was high school. I went to Suffolk Community College. Mm-hmm. I got my associate's degree in theater from them. They had a great acting program, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't do musicals. So as I went on through college, I started moving away from the musical scene and more into straight plays. Um, by the time I, I got my undergrad degree from West Virginia University, I had a BFA in acting and I haven't done a musical in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> Suffolk's program is, I feel, so underrecognized on the island. It really, it really is. It's, it's such a good program. Um, I, I'm sure it's still good. I haven't mm-hmm. had a lot of contact with them in quite some time, but um, the folks that were there when I was there, um, Harriet Novick, Wayne Johnson, Richard, uh, Richard Johnson, Wayne Peavy, they were all really, really good. Um, and I learned a ton. I really mm-hmm. did. Um, so, so that's where I started on the island, and then I left. And I didn't come back to the island until 2010. Oh, wow. So, well, I mean, just about now 10 years back on the island. Yes. So when I, I lived from the late 90s until 2010 in the city and Mm -hmm. I auditioned and um, I didn't get work. Um, I auditioned some more and I couldn't get traction. I had a really, really hard time in the city. you know, I, I took a lot of classes. I beefed up as much as I could. Um, I didn't like looking for work. Yeah. Um, I want, I, and I never had an opportunity to work. So by the time we left the city, my husband and I, I was, I was a little burnt on acting, um, and I didn't want to do it anymore at all. Mm-hmm. And so for probably about four or five months, I didn't. And then I woke up one night. I couldn't sleep. And I said, you know, maybe I don't want to act, but I think I still have to be involved in this in some way. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll see if somebody needs a teacher. And I started looking on Long Island. I knew I was going to have a hard time because my memory of Long Island theater was just musicals. Sure. Um, and I knew I was going to have a hard time trying to find a place that did plays. So I finally found a little theater in Northport called the Bare Bones Theater Company. 
And I wrote the artistic director a letter and I knew he didn't know me from Adam and he called me the next day and we met for coffee. And um, he said, you know, hey, we're, we're doing some things. Come down and watch a rehearsal. Jeff Bennett was incredibly inviting to me. Um, and then we kind of lost touch for a couple of months. And I went randomly into the city to see a production of King Lear with Derek Jacobi at BAM. Oh, wow. And I went out during intermission and who is standing there but Jeff Bennett. Oh my gosh. And we hadn't had any contact in months. And he said, oh, I'm so glad I ran into you. He was like, you know, give me a call tomorrow. Um, and I called him the next day and he said, how do you feel about directing? And I was terrified. I, I was like, I, I've never directed. I've never even thought about directing. Um, and he goes, no, no, you'll be great at it. He knew nothing about me. You'll be great at it. But that's, <laughs> he's just, he gets a feeling about somebody um, and four months later, I was directing Circle Mirror Transformation of Pair Pones. What a production to start with. Ugh, I love Annie Baker. Yeah. I love Annie Baker. But I, I chose that play. Well, Jeff actually recommended it to me because mm -hmm. I was like, it's my first time directing. I didn't want to have to deal with an involved set. Sure. I didn't want to have to deal with 50,000 props. I wanted a play where I could focus on the acting because I felt like that was the part of it that I understood the best. Yeah. Um, and I fell forward a whole bunch of times. Um, and, and I was super proud. Um, the cast that I work with, they were great people. They were super um, trusting of me and they gave me probably more of a chance than I deserved at that point. Um, and then I got pregnant and I disappeared from theater again for another year. Sure. Done. Um, and then came back the following year um, directing Reasons to be Pretty again at Bare Bones. Wow. Are you a big Mila Butte fan? Um, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. um, I have trouble with him, like yeah. a lot of people do, but I have more trouble with the things that I've read about him. Yes. His work. Mm -hmm. You know, Reasons to be Pretty, a lot of people were like, I don't, I don't understand what you see in that. I, I, I don't know. To me, it wasn't... To me to focus on the misogyny is almost focusing on the wrong thing yeah i think that he's making the comment be that inciting um to show almost how ridiculous it is yeah i, I happen to like him i mean i have someplace fat pig i struggle with for sure mm -hmm. um the mercy seat i love mm -hmm. i love that play i've directed scenes from that play um i, I think his and I, and I love the way his dialogue is written yes it, so it's so slice of life. Um, and I think he was probably one of the first contemporary playwrights to write in that way. And now it's sure. kind of the norm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do. I, I like Nola Butte. Yeah. I, Amber Tamblyn, I think did a, um, a production of reasons to be pretty a couple years ago, who's a great feminist poet, you know, actress had said that if you look at the reasons to be pretty and you don't see it as a feminist piece, that's the problem. Yeah. And I, and I do see both sides of it. I can yeah. see how somebody would struggle with it. Um, to me, it's a little bit of a love letter. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I love the end of that play. And, and the two actors I had in, in those two roles, one is, is Gabrielle Georgesco, who I've worked with a, a bunch of times, um, and an actor by the name of Adam Thompson. And they were just, I, I think they got the love out of the piece. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't have that in that piece, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, that, was, that was kind of a really big thing, is that she wasn't really normal looking. She, to me, she was always a pretty girl. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, I, I love that play. <laughs> I mean, all power too. Yeah, I th- yeah, Neil, Bo- Neil Beat's definitely somebody I go back and forth with on. Agreed, though, for the same sentiment of it's about him. It's not necessarily about his body of work. Yeah, yeah. The more I read about him, the more I'm less Labute. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So a, a work I'm particularly a fan of yours uh, was um, Fifty Words over at the Carriage House Players with Mark Cahill and Regina Schneider. Can you talk a little bit about the process? Um, I guess start to finish on how you directed a two-header of, of that nature, Slice of Lifestyle. You know, I read that play probably about a year before we did it. Um, mm-hmm. And I mentioned it to Regina um, just because I had read it and I thought she would like it. She read it um, and she loved it. And then, you know, she kind of threw it out as a joke that that she and Mark would do it. Um, and I was like, will you, will you do it with me? Um, <laughs> the time you know bare bones didn't exist anymore i didn't know where i'd be able to do it um and evan Denellen was was kind enough to to give me an opportunity at carriage house um and i loved that venue for that play mm-hmm. I, I think the play works best if you feel like you are literally peeking in the windows um and and it makes everybody a little uncomfortable um having the proximity i think also added to that but it also added it for the actors so so we, we decided we were going to do that almost a year before we did it. Um, the process itself, you know, you're, you're working with, um, with Mark Cahill and Regina Schneider. You just try and stay out of the way uh, and let them do their thing. You know, uh, there were a lot of it was text analysis type stuff um, and behavior type stuff. Um, so much of that play is them saying one thing when that's not the reasoning or the or the sentiment behind it um so i really i really wanted to play with this idea of them doing things physically doing things to each other and to the environment mm-hmm. um, because that particular play is set in a home um i wanted the audience to believe that they lived there they were comfortable with the things um and and you know they're just they're they're like working with two high performance sports cars you just touch them a little bit and they just go Mm -hmm. which is such a joy you know um with them and and i think the best projects and i'm sure you can attest to this as a director the best projects are the ones where you know you 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 guide um but it's a true collaboration it's not this is what i want you know, as a director, I try really hard to kind of create a framework for the actors to play within. Um, but I don't try too hard to guide them anywhere because I think then I end up cutting off their contribution. Um, and a lot of times, I mean, I think the most brilliant direction I've ever given are the things the actors came up with themselves. That sure. I went, yes, <laughs> keep um, it. You know, <laughs> there you got to trust your actors, and I think if you don't. Um, there's a certain amount of in the momentness you miss. Um, that's why as an actor, I love when people go up on stage. It's like my favorite thing. Yeah. Something beautiful always comes out of it mm-hmm. because nobody's trying to anticipate. Nobody's trying to get to the next thing. Everybody's literally, and you can feel it, right? You can feel that moment where everybody is 150% in the space. <laughs> yes. You don't know where else to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I, anything that, that encourages spontaneity, I'm a big, big fan of, um, and and that was the other thing with Mark and Regina. Every single time they did it, it was different, mm-hmm. um, and and I just saw different pieces of the story come alive 
throughout the run, throughout the rehearsal process, you know, they're a joy. They're a joy. I would do that again in a heartbeat. I felt bad for them. I was glad I wasn't performing in it. Um, a lot because of material. That, it's a bit of a marathon for mm-hmm. the two of them. Um, and I knew they were exhausted. They had to be. Um, and I said that to them every rehearsal. I, I understand you guys are going out there and pretty much having an exorcism night after night, <laughs> you know, and then continuing on. So, yeah, that's, yeah, no, that, that just, it was, it was grueling for them, I'm sure, but yeah. hopefully we're working. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, I mean, as an audience member, rewarding. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Of course. So comparing that sort of um, performance aspect where you had two actors who are willing to do it from, from day one to uh, bridging to something like when you hold auditions as a director, what's something that you look for in actors auditioning for you? Preparedness. Mm-hmm. That is so important to me. You know, I, I think that people don't focus on that enough and it frustrates me. You know, a lot of times, you know, and, and you and I have had this conversation where you're like, Lynn, I need an actor to come and audition yeah. for me tomorrow. Okay, fine. I get that. In that scenario, you don't have time to read the play. Mm-hmm. But absolutely no excuse for you not to have wikipedia that play yes. and read a synopsis <laughs> but don't come in having absolutely no idea who these people are um nothing infuriates me more than that and and if if i know that this person came in on very short notice and has done a little bit of homework it goes a long way with me um and as far as what i look for i, I want to see that there's trust in them i want to see that if i give them direction even if it's something they may not agree with they just say okay i'll try it um i'm certainly never going to say that my way is the right way or the only way um but i need to see that there's some sort of trust that even if i give you something off the wall you're going to take a running leap and jump um as opposed to tell me all the reasons why it won't work um i, I find that really frustrating um and, and honestly, are you nice? Do I want to spend time with mm-hmm. you? You know, are, are you somebody that, that we're going to have a laugh with, um, that you're not going to feel, uh, you know, sensitive about a lot of things? Everybody's sensitive. I don't mean it like that. I, I just mean, you know, can I, can I push you a little bit? So I, I think just general flexibility as a person um, in a whole lot of ways are, are, are kind of the big things that I look for. I like how you men- made mention to like, is this person just a fun, good person too? Evan and I often have that conversation and Jordan Hugh and I as well about when casting the summer Shakespeare shows, like, is this a person you're going to want to endure the summer with? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't have a lot of time to direct yeah. because I have a family and I do have a job. So if I'm carving out this extra time throughout my week, I want it to be with people that I'm super excited to spend my time with. Mm-hmm. Um, that are going to push each other and push me and teach me and you know and let's just have fun you know there's a reason they call it a play I say this over and over again um but it but it's but it's true Mm -hmm. it's true we're all playing make-believe right exactly (laughs) do you so let's have fun with it that's how I think about it 100% do you you, uh feel that your experience um in dance has affected the way that you view movement on the stage Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't, you know what it is? I think it clues me into when an actor is uncomfortable. I can see that. And I don't know if that's dance training or that's just being an actor myself, as you can always see when those actors are standing there and they don't know what to do with their body, right? It's suddenly like, ah, I have arms. What do I do? <laughs> so, so that's part of it. I, I wish I were better at stage 
pictures. There are some people who are really good at that. Um, and, and I don't know that that is my strength. I, I will tell you my dance training has helped me as an actor because for me, like if I'm preparing for a role, it always starts with the shoes. Different shoes make you walk different ways. So that that's kind of something that I'll play around with. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've never really thought about it, to be honest with you. But I, I think the biggest thing is that I can see tension in the body when somebody is uncomfortable. I, I try and, and do something about that. I give them something to do that tends to make that go away. That's great. What are some pieces of direction that you've been given as an actor that have sort of stuck with you or pieces that you may have then translated to your actors as a director? You know, they, I, I was thinking about this because I, I thought this might be coming, this question. Um <laughs> And, and they all sound very silly, but they, they resonated with me. One is just talk. Don't push, just talk, just be. Um, that's something I tend to get in my head a lot as an actor. And so I do all the work and all of that's great. But what I used to do and what I've tried to stop doing of late is let the work work for you without feeling the need to bring the work in. Mm -hmm. and be like, all the work I did, you know, that was, that was always how I approached it. Yeah. Um, just talking, um, just listening, being still, being present, um, I think are, are some of the, the bigger ones. Um, I think actors tend to make it more difficult than it needs to be a lot of the time. And, and sometimes, you know, I, we all do that. We all do that. I think sometimes if you just remind yourself that there's a reason they call it a play, um, it takes some of the preciousness off of it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and it allows you tell the story. Oh my gosh, that's such a big one, right? Tell the story, whether yeah. you're acting or directing, it's, it's all about the text. Um, everything you need to know is in the text. Um, and yes, you can fill in the gaps, but, but I always try and bring it back to the story. These are, these are all little things that I've gotten over the years that I, I try um, really, really hard. I, I think the talking thing, a lot of actors talk at each other um, and, and, it, and it's difficult. It's difficult to kind of maintain that, uh, that volume control that you need to be able to project to the back of the house and still have that feeling of just talking. Um, it's practice, right? Yeah. But nothing will pull me out of a play faster than that as if they're suddenly just talking at each other. And it's like, ah, stop, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> My ears. <laughs> Uh, on the opposite side of that, I guess, um, have you seen any productions over the years on the island that have been particularly memorable because of the connectedness of the actors and their ability to tell that story? Yes. Um, and, and I don't get to see nearly as much as I would. First thing that comes to mind uh, was Linda May was in a production of The Beauty Queen of Lenon at um, Bare Bones Theater years ago. She and Debbie Starker. And it was, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Um, she was just amazing. She was so present. She was um, fearless. It, I, I wasn't sure where she was going. With it. It, I, I seriously goosebumps. Um, she was amazing. Um, I will tell you, there was a production I saw. Theater Out of Bounds did Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Mm -hmm. I, the actor's name who played Hedwig, but he was phenomenal. Um, he was really, really strong. Um, other people, uh, I, I thought, you know, and then there's productions that I love. Like I saw Shakespeare and Love It at Smithtown and I loved it. I thought it was just a beautiful, lush production. It, it really kind of embodied the, the, what that story is. And I loved that. It's like you walk out of the theater after seeing that and you're like, oh gosh, it was amazing. And I, <laughs> every, 
body and humanity and everything. Um, I, you know, I, I loved that. I, Betty's summer vacation they did at, at Bare Bones Theater, um, a hard, hard show. Eric Clavel did a beautiful job directing that. There, there were some really good performances in there. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. I think Long Island Theater has just, I mean, I'm a Long Islander. It, the last, even five years out here has just exploded with all these really cool theaters taking all sorts of chances on scripts um you know all of that stuff it's just it's cool to see yeah it's inspiring i mean you you hope that you know this community continues to push one another to to grow to 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 its extent and that we don't just become a one note kind of community the other thing that I that I noticed is, and, and I think one of your other one of your other guests had made mention of this, is years ago it was very insulated. If you were a performer at you know Studio Theater, you were just at Studio Theater. And I love that all of these folks now are working at different theaters and collaborating with one another. I I, th- I think Long Island Theater was a little bit behind the time in the sense that if one theater does well, they all do well. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so if, if there are more people coming into Carriage House, then that's great because maybe there'll be more people coming to Eastline and there'll be more people that are coming to, you know, Wontaw or Studio. Um, you know, I, I, I love the fact that there's all this crossover collaboration now. Um, and, and I really hope it continues because there's so many people that I want to work with. Um, and so many people, you know, directors, I, you know, gruesome playground injuries. I walked out of that. It was just a beautiful production and that's a hard play. Um, it's a hard play because I think that it's easy to, um, it's easy not to see the depth in it. And, and if you, and if you see the depth in it, it's also difficult not to get lost in that, right? Kind of wallow in, this is a dramatic story. And it was just, it was so beautifully balanced. Um, Andrew Morano, he was so good. (laughs) It was just, it was a great production. It was a really great production, but it's a hard show to do. And I love that people are picking up these plays that are difficult and, and taking a whack at it. I mean, between Riverside and Crazy at Studio Theater, that was there last summer. It was so fun. It was so fabulous. There were some really great performances in that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a fan. I love that. I'm a theater fan. I am. I am. I, I can't help it. I'm a nerd. <laughs> so what are some productions that um, you would love to see produced on the island, some scripts in particular? Oh, gosh. Um, August Osage County's at the top of the list. A hundred percent. I would die. August Osage County. I love that play. It's a difficult play, and I don't know that there would be much of an audience for it, but I love um, Tom Stoppard's Arcadia. Mm-hmm. I love that play. I think it's such a beautiful play. Um, it's hard to swallow for a lot of people, so for I don't sure. know that I'll ever see it, but I would love to see that play. Um, more Annie Baker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just love her stuff. Body awareness. Um, I think a theater, I think Eastline did it last year. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I love her stuff. It's just so rich and, and beautiful. Um, I've been wanting to do top dog underdog forever. Wow. Mm-hmm. I really, I keep playing with that. So I, you know, I don't, there's, there's so much. Um, I, I just want to keep seeing everybody push themselves. Um, and I want to see all of us as theater creators push our audiences, um, because the more you push them, the more willing they're going to be to see other stuff. Um, so, so that that's that's what I want to see more than anything else is I just want to see everybody continue to push the envelope. 
I love that sentiment. That's great. That's a great soundbite. I could just replay that over and over again. <laughs> just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. what, what's on your list? On my, thank you for asking. On my list, my top choice is Mr. Burns right now. Um, okay. That's, I would love to do that. And August Osage is another one that's top of the list. I want to direct. Now, do you want to direct that or you want to be in it? I think I'm a little too young right now to be in it, but I would love to direct it. Yeah. I, yeah. I would like to, uh, I feel like, I can't remember the name of the eldest daughter. Um, I just keep thinking it was Julia, no, it wasn't Julia Roberts, but who was it in the movie? I never saw the movie. I, you see the movie, I didn't mind specifically because did you see it for on principle? You didn't see it? No, I just, I just never did. I, I saw it on, I saw it on Broadway right before it closed. Um, I saw it with Felicia Rashad. Get out of here. And I saw it at a Sunday matinee because I was like, it's four hours long. Like I have to go on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. It was a packed audience and you know, it's a matinee crowd, right? Yeah. Never, ever been in a matinee crowd like this because that dinner scene, literally the entire audience was sitting forward and I'm one of the, like, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that. Every time a line landed, it was, <gasps> like, everybody in the audience. It was such a cool experience. Um, and, and I just, I, you know, I'm not, I know this sounds weird. I'm not a movie person. Mm-hmm. I like movies, but I don't seek them out. I just, you know, I like what I like. And, and my, my film list, like, people tag me on Facebook, and they're like, what are your top ten favorite films? My top ten favorite films are ridiculous. <laughs> my favorite movie of all time is Airplane iconic how could you that's a surprise but, I, but. Just, I, I love the i love the, the freedom i love the fearlessness of it um you know and and there are there are actors out here who can do that stuff and i'm just like i admire the hell out of it um one of one of the shows that i i would love to do is i really want to do the 39 steps yes um, hilarious but, but it's super staging and and i gotta see if i can if I can work that. <laughs> yeah. I feel that way about noises off too. Like yeah. give me a theater that'll produce noises off and I'll attach myself immediately, but you can't do that at any old theater. Right. Right. Although, although I did, when I did Ripcord, um, you know, I, I read it and I read it, uh, with a particular actress in mind that I've worked with before. And I love her, um, a woman by the name of Judy McCormick, who's incredible. And I read it and then I got to scene two and I thought, okay, well, this is going to be tough because they're in a, in a haunted house. So how would I do that? Now at the time we were doing it at bare bones. So it was just an empty dance studio. Mm -hmm. It's scene three. And I see that they have to skydive. So I, I'm like, okay, all right, can I do that? How can I do that? So I give it to my husband who does a lot of my set design stuff Mm -hmm. because I, I never have designers. It's always me doing things by myself. Um, and, and so I gave it to him before he got on the train and I said, I want you to read this. I want you to see if I can, if I can figure out a way to do this. And he goes, okay. So he texts me after the second scene and he goes, how are you going to do this? And I was like, I don't know. I have a couple of ideas. And, uh, and then he got to the skydiving scene and he said, are you out of your mind? (laughs) And I was like, I just, I want to see if I could do it. Yeah. How'd you wind up doing it? Well, the funny thing was that the first read through, one of the actors was like, um, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to do the skydiving scene? I said, I don't know. You have any ideas? (laughs) Um, (laughs) What I did was I actually reached out to the production manager of the Broadway production. Mm -hmm. And I said, how did you do this? Because I can't, I obviously don't have your resources, but maybe it'll give me an idea. And he said, if I'm you, I would, I would do projections of some, some sort. 
So I called Tom Rizzuto, who works with Bare Bones, who's a genius actor and filmmaker um, and a friend. And I said, can you film my actors and make them look like they're skydiving? And he said, sure. So we shot it. And then I, yeah, it, it was that that show from a technical standpoint and just trying to figure out how to solve those problems. I dig that. Yeah. The creativity. So how can you make that happen? Yeah. I mean, you had to have done that with gruesome, right? With all the blood and the bandages. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's also the kind of productions I like. I mean, I love working at Carriage House for that reason because you're given oh, yeah. nothing and it's like, make this work. Figure it out. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's great. And then you just keep throwing things at the wall and eventually something makes sense. You're like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, and that blood never came off. It's still on those walls. <laughs> Oh my God, is yeah. it really? The poor Eric for Bachelorette. Um, when he tried to paint the walls white, it came through blood. So it was a whole different telling of Bachelorette, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> well, Lynn, I, I just, while we're sort of along the lines of wrapping things up, are there any upcoming plugs, any shows, and cabarets, variety things you're involved with during this time? Um, I am, I'm teaching a directing class. Um online <laughs> via Zoom uh, through Take-Two Actor Studio in Huntington, Regina Schneider Studio. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so so that starts, I think, June 8th um, for five or six weeks. So I did it a couple months ago, and it, and it went it went really well. Um, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to work out, but it but it, it worked out well. So um, so I'm doing that, and I was before the world caved in. Um, I was working on a production of Savage and Limbo um, wow. that was going to be done also at Take Two, which we is now postponed indefinitely. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know when that's going to happen, but it hopefully will happen. I'm, hopeful sometime in the next year <laughs> yeah are slots still open for that directing class yeah and is it on is there a website or facebook page for for people to yes if you go to take two actress studio and you go to classes um you will see the directing class directing one um with me and it starts uh it starts june 8th amazing so, yes yes come bring me lots of people i, I love, love hanging out with people <laughs> well lynn thank so freaking much for hanging out this has been such a delightful conversation and i just appreciate hearing your thoughts about anything and everything so thank you uh, thank you i appreciate this and thank you for doing this i think the long island theater community needed this oh well i'm glad and i'm, I'm so excited for them to hear your episode because you have so many insightful things to say thanks dude you're welcome and you have a great evening you do the same i smooth my thinning hair and i killed it mirror to try to hide the tell signs of my age My name is Balthazar Impresario And tonight will be my last night on the stage